I thought podcasting, it just sounded like a really interesting class. I really wanted to take a podcasting class just to have a more broader understanding. So honestly, at first, I kind of signed up for this class because I thought it was kind of like funny. The more I think about it, like, I think this class could actually be helpful. I've always been interested in starting a podcast, like thought it would be really fun. Hello and welcome to season two of the pod class. If you were with us last semester, welcome back. And if you're a new student, find a seat. This is your weekly lesson in audio storytelling. I'm your host, Tony Deslan Smith. I'm an assistant professor of practice in the Brian Lamb School of Communication at Purdue University, and I teach a course on podcasting. And this podcast is my way of sharing what we're learning in that class with you. Each week, I will discuss what we're working on in class, talk about my approach to teaching audio storytelling and my experience teaching media production in general. And of course, you'll hear from my students. We'll talk to them about the podcast they're producing this semester. So if you're interested in learning a podcast or teaching students how to podcast, this is the place for you. Welcome to the pod class season two. For this week's podcast episode, I wanted to talk about having guts. To do the work that we do, like in media, you have to be kind of gutsy. I mean, you have to be willing to put yourself out there, you know, to engage with other people. And this week I had the students record field audio as part of like a component of their podcast. They had to go out and record, you know, get out of the studio or their apartment or wherever they make their podcasts and record audio that epitomizes the topic of their discussion for that episode. One student recorded our interview from last week for this podcast and when we talked about making friends. Um, Some other students recorded themselves buying Bitcoin from a vending machine in a supermarket. Um, Another student recorded themselves working out at the gym. And so going out with the audio recorder is literally getting out of their comfort zone for many of these students. And if you think about classes at a university, like for the most part, you have a lecture, a textbook, exams. As a student, if you wanted to, you could just keep your head down, read your chapters, cram for the midterm, and really just, you know, get away with making a good grade without talking to anybody. But um, in the class that I teach, I'm like basically forcing or at least requiring students to, you know, through grades, um, I'm requiring them to talk, talking to a mic, talk to me for this podcast, talk to other people through interviews. And I can imagine that at that age, you know, 19, 20 years old, that it's a huge ask. And my students do it just every week, every semester. And that takes some guts. So I just wanted to take a minute and give the students some credit. Taking experiential classes like mine, I mean, they deserve kudos just as a baseline for doing it. You know, these non-traditional classes go beyond the textbook and they end up taking more time and mental energy sometimes and guts. And so that's kind of what I talked to my guest today, uh, Jason Lee. He's the host of The Rock Talk a podcast that takes a deep dive on the lyrics of some famous rock classics. We talked about what it takes to be a student podcaster, 
uh, both time and energy and uh, personality. So let's take a listen. Jason, thank you so much for coming in and talking to me for the pod class. How are you? Uh, I am doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you. So you are working on a podcast that I have learned to really enjoy every week, actually. That's and very it's one of our nice. longer ones, getting longer. But you produce The Rock Talk. So could you mind explaining to our listeners what The Rock Talk is? Yeah. So basically every week I... I choose one song uh, of the classic rock psychedelia genre, usually, well, we've been doing 70s and 60s mainly, um, and I try and tell the story behind it based on the lyrics, the musicality of it, and all of the historical context behind it. And you do a pretty good job. It's a lot, but you managed to, I think the last episode was 30 minutes, 31 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. Well, let's start from the beginning about conceptualizing it. I mean, you're talking about some really old music here. What is your interest in this uh, genre and this time? It is some of the only music that gets me going, you know. Um, You were born in the wrong decade. Ah, God, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I'm glad I have an iPhone. But um, yeah, so my mom really, she grew up with this kind of stuff. And she's not like old, old, but she knows the classics. And as I was growing up, she was showing me the same stuff. Like I grew up on ACDC, as I'm sure a lot of people have. And she was also in the military she was a marine and so they listened to a lot of that stuff while she was in the marines for like 10 years yeah and so she got me into that and then throughout middle school and high school um i got more into rock and the better uh kinds of music i guess and learned to play the guitar Mm -hmm. and i really started appreciating the the genius that they have going on and i feel like the originality has just been lost Mm -hmm. in the past decade or two i get the sense i don't study music but i get the sense that um the craft work has been supplemented by algorithms and programs right and so when you listen to guitar from that era it's like almost raw power Yes, I would definitely say that. And I'll I'll kind of qualify this by like I'll bring up Daft Punk and there you can find stuff online about them sampling old music and using it in super creative ways. And that's fantastic. Um, but you're right. There is a lot of it's it's more mechanical now. It's more industrialized. And as the amount of music goes up, the quality, of course, is going to go down. But back then um before i was born before my mother was born that was before i was born as well (laughs) okay so preceding all of us it's it's more raw i guess that's a good way to put it yeah so you go really you take like these deep dives and you do research and and i should say i push you to do these deep dives tell me about your research process because you really find some nuggets um, well, tell you, tell you the truth, it is all done within three days maximum. Um, That's I, a lot. yeah, I suffer from severe ADHD brain and I am really good at procrastinating. So 
come Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm like, all right, let's let's buckle down, let's get this. I read a few uh, long Wikipedia pages. I go in depth with the lyrics, and I look up all the information I can. Mm-hmm and try and sift through that to find the stuff I want to put in the podcast. So it's a lot of knowledge I already have from just listening to the music. I took a rock and roll history class here at Purdue, which was great. So I got some stuff from there. And then the rest of it is just filling in the gaps. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really interesting that you actually had a rock and roll history class here that's supplementing some Mm -hmm. of the knowledge base in your podcast. And I think... No matter what kind of music you like, I think listening to this podcast, you're going to find something that is just tickles your your brain because there's just you hit on like I, I made you the historical part, right. some cultural, um, the musicality, like and then those lyrics. So tell me about the lyric part, because are you doing interpretation or are you just kind of. Yeah. How are you approaching that? Yeah, that well. It varies week by week. And Mm -hmm. usually I'll start with, uh, I I record as soon as I get home. And so to get into the mindset, I'm listening to that song a couple of times before I start getting a feel for the lyrics. Um, Listening to the song on my way here today, I got a feel for the solos of the Mm -hmm. song I'm doing, stuff like that. And so that kind of puts me in the mindset. And from there, I look up the lyrics. uh, I make up my own interpretations so that it's kind of unclouded by whatever else I can find. And then I figure out what other people think about those. So, yeah. So I'm kind of throwing in everything from my perspective and other people's perspectives but still trying to keep them very separate. But you, there's an editorial process that I'm hearing where you're 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 call, you're calling all this knowledge mm-hmm. and and then it, it as all of the lyrics who do you get your the take from like where do you go to hear from other people? Um well, Wikipedia uh, has a lot of good knowledge. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. And it's it's more so about the concept of the song. So you can read about the background of an album and a song, and that really helps to put uh, the lyrics into perspective. There's also websites and forums they okay. go to be like, hey, like, what do you think of these lyrics? And so I kind of take the average from those. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was curious about. Yeah. It's like, is this a Reddit, a subreddit somewhere that you can uh, see what the lyrics are well uh some of it is uh you know genius lyrics no uh kind of the same thing i do but in a website Mm. and a lot more songs (laughs) but they have the same kind of stuff and so sometimes i go on there and see what other people are doing but i really try and draw from my own interpretation so i'm not like plagiarizing Mm -hmm. a website you know i definitely get a sense that it's coming from you it's not just through you uh so i feel like you are kind of thinking through on your own, but, but it comes from a a knowledge base. So it doesn't feel like you're making things up either, which is really nice. It's a really nice place to hit where you're not the expert, but you are doing some editorial work on your part. And I think that's really good. And I also like hearing about your process because you said that it's three days. I mean, that's a lot more than most students are spending thinking about their podcast each oh, week. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So the so one thing that I sometimes tell students is that 
basically it starts with you thinking about the idea for that week and then just thinking in your head like what you would need right and it doesn't feel like work but that is actually part of the work the process yeah. and it doesn't and then listening you're listening to the song several times i mean that that is part of the work you're putting right. in that work even though it doesn't feel like it that is good to know. That <laughs> so, is good to know. So with that work, are you enjoying it? I mean, the, to do all this research every week, I mean, is this something that you're looking forward to? Or is it, how's, how's it, and also how's it, how are you weighing that with all your other work? It's kind of become more of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, my first episode with Comfortably Numb, I didn't do a whole lot of research. Mm-hmm. I just gave background. I knew about the album and then went through the lyrics and stuff. But it has kind of gotten to be a struggle. And I mentioned I have very ridiculously debilitating ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so with that comes hyperfixation on other things mm-hmm. and forgetting to really do my work for this week. And so it and also the more I have to research each week as it gets longer, um, it gets to be a lot. Yeah. And it it's is. yeah, it's something I um I don't dread doing it, but it's it definitely puts more stress mm-hmm. on on my workload. And especially I was out of town last week and so I was trying to finish two weeks of homework in four days so I could yeah. get there. And so during that it was really tough to to do that. But I, I do enjoy it. Well, I have, to, I have to say your hard work is paying off. So in it definitely comes through in the podcast. So it feels very polished. It feels like I said, like, like something I, you would legitimately hear and have an audience for. So right. I hope you know that it's paying off, but it is Great. work. One thing that I, I tell students is that I'm here to like spoil what you love mm. because uh, in a way we're like figuring out how podcasts get made and you realize it's not just all fun and games all the time because in the end you hear that part, but you don't see all the work that right. went into it. Right. Um, one other thing is I want to talk about is that you had to go out and interview or not interview, but do field audio. And you went Mm -hmm. and talked to a coworker at the guitar store. I did. So how do you feel that Eric Clapton has contributed to music as a whole after Kareem broke up? Well, I think he's, uh, popularized the, uh, blues, uh, idiom into contemporary society and uh, brought forth all of the early American uh, black uh, blues artists by incorporating their style and bringing it forward to our white audience here in America. So I believe that's really his primary uh, contribution. And I was, when I was listening to it, you know, I know that it, it and met your criteria for what you were doing in the episode. But really, I wanted to hear more about this person you work with. He sounded like a personality. Can you tell me about him? Oh, he is quite the personality. He sounded like it. Yeah, his name is Anthony. And I I only go in and teach once a week. And so I don't get a whole lot of time with him because once I get there, I'm, I'm doing lessons for the kids and stuff. But he is one of the oldest people I know Mm -hmm. and he has so much knowledge about the history that he doesn't really even have to look up and he he's he's a very funny man he he walks around and he says whatever 
kind of whatever he feels like, which I really appreciate. <laughs> no filter. No filter, really. But yeah, he's he's a character. He's yeah. fun to be around. And he has a lot of good knowledge that I really like to try and tease out of him whenever yeah. I can. Okay. I was going to say I really enjoyed the snippets we got. Right. And I feel like, man, he would be a great interview guest. But on another note that I wanted to make regarding that is that one thing that I recognized in this assignment that I gave you guys this week is that it takes like it's a gutsy move. It takes guts to go out with a recorder and try and gather audio, especially if you're going to be talking to other people. Right. And can how did you feel about that? Because I know that maybe it's probably out of it. Was it out of your comfort zone? How did you feel? It was a little out of my comfort zone. I don't do a whole lot of walking up to random people with an audio recorder, but I didn't think you did. No. <laughs> um, before we talked about the guitar store, we were talking about me going to a record store and doing the same oh, thing. That's right. And that was a little more stressful for me because mm-hmm. weird dude walking into a record yes. store can i record you on my phone is yes. not the greatest vibe i guess but not at all no um i really feel like i came into it though i i enjoyed doing that interview and it was a little weird to ask my coworker, hey can i record you for five minutes mm-hmm. but it, it was a comfortable thing to do. Like, I felt good about doing it. I'm glad you came up with the idea because I remember you emailed me and said, I, do I have to do the record store because I have this idea? And I was like, mm. yes, that's better. Do that. Yes. <laughs> that was a funny email to get. I, I really just couldn't think of something. And mm. I didn't know you worked at a record store. So our uh, record, sh- I mean, a guitar store. So I didn't know that that would be an option, but that was much better. Well, do you think that so so with pushing students out of their comfort zone, getting them to to go out with recorders but also just getting in front of a mic every week and you know putting yourselves out there right do you feel like that it takes a certain personality to do this kind of stuff or do you think like anybody could do it like based on what you we've done in the class i think it takes a certain confidence Mm -hmm. and a certain desire to do that Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't think it takes a certain personality at all. I don't know anyone like just from what I've learned in this class Mm -hmm. and knowing who I know, I don't know a single person that couldn't do a podcast that is good. Yeah. And it, it definitely depends on the personality, what kind of podcast you do. But from what I've seen, anyone can do well with it. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. That's my hope in the class Mm -hmm. is that uh, no matter what you're bringing to it, what your voice is, we can make something good. And I remember one of the first things you were concerned about was your voice. Yes. And whether you sounded too monotone, maybe. Not enough energy, I think, was what I was thinking. Low energy. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like to me it's not that you lack energy. It's just that that is your tone. Right. And I definitely needed some Clair- not clarification, but support with that just mm-hmm. to know I was in the right place mm-hmm. and going the right direction. But once I heard that that was where I should be, that I felt a lot more comfortable doing it. Yeah, because I think it's your audience, right? It's It depends on what their audience, what the ear seeking. And I can just picture fans. The, actually, your audience, I picture as being like your coworker. Oh, really? Somebody who knows the history a little bit, but is wants to learn more. Someone who's passionate. Okay. And um, and then it, and it feels like community. 
Mm-hmm. So they're not there so much to learn, but to kind of bond with somebody else who's going to do the deep dive on stuff like that. Well, I'm glad you say that because my current audience is uh, my mother and my girlfriend. Um, but <laughs> and what yeah. do they say about it? I'm so curious. Oh, they, they love it. Obviously, my girlfriend has to be supportive. She enjoys it. Um, my mother also enjoys it. But yeah. I, I would like to get more in touch with people who listen to it and like you said, have some of that history knowledge. Yeah. Well, you said your mom was a fan of the music. So has she made any specific comments, especially this last one was cream, which you specifically said she introduced you to. I did. Yes. That, uh, white room. That is her favorite cream song. I mentioned on one episode and she loved it. She, she did think it was a little long compared to the other ones, but she really loves listening to it she she's been really trying to push me to get like voiceover jobs and stuff now which i don't know how i feel about but um she she really likes talking to me about it really which i appreciate it well i am really glad that you're getting out of your comfort zone and that you've been able to embrace this class and that you are putting the work in so i I, we only have three more episodes left so i'm going to ask you to keep at it i know it's like now we're at the end of that long marathon but tell you the truth i'm kind of excited um not excited to be done you know Mm -hmm. it is a lot of work but i enjoy it but for i don't know what i'm doing for these next few but the last podcast i'm really excited about um my two favorite pink floyd songs uh brain damage and eclipse off of dark side of the moon Mm -hmm. is what i'm going to close out the podcast with and i'm getting really excited to do that because i think it's a really fitting end to it and it feels like uh we're going full circle and you bookended it yeah your season i did oh nice very good well thanks so much for talking with me today i I learned a lot and it's been really nice listening to you every week yeah thank you for having me thanks for listening to the pod class your weekly lesson in audio storytelling And thanks to Jason for joining me today. For more of our conversation, you can listen to the Office Hours bonus segment um, where I'm asked what is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in class. Next week, we'll talk to the host of another talk podcast. Um, Kate Press will join us from Talk Tactics. See you then. Pod Class is a production of the Brian Lamb School of Communications Digital Media Production Center at Purdue University.